welcome back to another episode of the ADH Dads. I'm your host, CJ. I'm JJ. We were just talking before we press record. I'm really excited to have our guest on today. He is the most important expert in the world, and we just lost him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I can't... <laughs> I can't handle the. I can't handle that recognition. <laughs> there he is. He's, he's back. Yeah, went offline. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, I was Take just two. giving you this wonderful introduction, saying you're the most important expert that we've had on this uh, podcast, and that's just an everyday dad, just like JJ and I. You know, um, I've been wanting to have more uh, gentlemen on like you, Alex, that can just share with us what your journey's been like and what everyday dadum uh, is like for you and your world. Cause we each kind of bring a you know, whole set of tools and perspectives to this journey. So uh, yeah, man, how you doing? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, where are you from? Where are you at? What's your family look like? And yeah, introduce yourself to the audience, man. Welcome brother. Thank you for having me on. Uh, my name is Alex and um, I'm a, I'm 47 years old. I'm a Native American. I'm, I'm from the Navajo tribe. And I was born and raised in uh, Farmington, New Mexico, which is in uh, the four corners of the country of, of uh, Colorado, Arizona, um, um, Utah, and New Mexico. Um, right now, I'm separated. I'm a single father to a wonderful uh, son. And the and I have the best job of all time. I mean, I I'd love to brag to you guys about it. The the best job I have in the world right now is that I'm I'm his father. So that I take a lot of pride and joy pride in that and very blessed to to have a wise nine year old boy named Brandon. That's beautiful, man. I, I love hearing that and I love hearing the the pride in that because you know, not a lot of uh, guys, when you say, you know, hey, what do you do? You know, they they don't offer that out that, you know, father is the first thing. And and that's something that I've been trying to uh, get, you know, more familiar with and, and do and, and have a lot of pride in. Uh, you know, when I started this stay at home dad journey, uh, I kind of had like a lot of like mixed feelings about it. And it, it brought a lot of like imposter syndrome and insecurities with it. And, you know, I was like questioning like, well, uh, but I should be working or providing. And I would always tell people, well, I'm a freelance entrepreneur, you know, I'm, I'm still, well, I work in production, which is freelance now, you know, and uh, it, it wasn't until we, we started this podcast and this coaching journey that I really started owning that and having pride with it and throwing it out there, you know, and, and uh, it's really cool when I meet somebody that, that, you know, says like, oh, wow, that's so cool, man, you know, and, and really uh, enjoys that. But there's always other people that, you know, say like, you do a podcast for what, for dads, you know, and well, what qualifies you to do that? You know, like, and I always tell them like a whole bunch of mistakes, you know, I've, uh, I've tripped and stumbled a lot of the way. And I think that I have uh, a good piece of accountability with that. So I think that that gives me a little bit of a, an, an edge or a superpower at times when it comes to this whole, whole journey. So that's, that's my qualifications. I got a PhD in boneheadedness. So <laughs> welcome brother. If, if you've also had that journey, you're, you're well at home with the rest of us. <laughs> That was mine. And is. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and New Mexico. 
And Sorry. New Mexico, man, I had uh, my my grandma's. Uh, I had uh, my grandma's sister was out there, and we always used to make some trips up there to go visit some family in Oklahoma and stuff. And uh, there's only one place that I said that had like better Mexican food than Arizona on the border where I grew up, and and that was uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico, where we we'd go visit my great aunt. So, man, I'm uh, um, I'm I'm jealous of uh, of the culture that you grew up in, and man, um, that's a lot a lot of really cool history. There. There and and what did that look like for for you as in growing up then uh, and you know and 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 what did your family look like? Well, you know, I'm the oldest of three boys. Um, Christopher was the middle child, and, Val and Valentino was the the youngest. Um, my mom and dad were uh, um, both. Uh, well, my mom was full Navajo, and my dad was half, but the other half. You know, he, uh, it's up for debate. You know, I hear different stories about where he came from, but they both shared equally that they, uh, they had a rough childhood, you know, and they had, didn't have the most loving parents that they possibly could have, you know, but, but they, uh, raised us the best they could. They loved us very much. Um, I, I just believe that, that didn't have the, didn't have the, the model to, to raise kids, you know, properly with, you know, with how it is now with emotions and, and, and being yourself and just a lot of, uh, a lot of expectations. And, and sometimes things come out harsh, you know, and I know they didn't mean anything by it, but, you know, they just did the very best they could, you know, with what they have. And I give them a lot of grace and I give them a lot of, uh, um, I, I respect them for, for, for parenting the way they did with, you know, without any tools. So, you know, I'm hmm. thankful. I think that's uh, admirable. Um, is that something that you kind of came to in conclusion at some point in your life? Or did you kind of always have that perspe perspective in your life and, and uh, you know, recognition that things weren't maybe as, as perfect as you liked, but they were humans and you were trying or, or was there, you know, a certain age or, or time in your life where, where you got that? You know, honestly, I, I never really thought about it till just recently. So I started going through my, through my journey, you know, and, and I realized, you know, where I came from and how I ended up the way I am, you know. There was a lot of things that, that I personally didn't look at that was weighing me down, you know, that was buried deep inside me that I, I never even knew how to to pull it out, you know, until I finally did. Buddy, uh, let me ask you a question about that. Um, so you were growing up and, you know, your parents were doing, like you said, the best that they could with what they had. Um, and now you talk about this being the best job in the world is, is being a dad. Uh, what did that journey look like to get to this point where you are today? Um, bragging about the fact that you're a dad and this is like the coolest gig you've ever experienced. So, you know, I became a dad and I was really happy, but I just didn't know. I didn't have the tools to be successful. You know, I didn't. I just didn't know. Even as a husband, I, I, I didn't have tools, you know. And then, you know, one night, you know, things blew up and and. um me and my my uh, son's mother we separated but it was a hard journey there you know uh it came 
Are you getting his sound, JJ? I think we lost you, Alex, your uh, sound. Yeah, it's going. So, you know, I didn't get to see him for like three months. And um, I worked on myself and I uh, I just wanted to be better for him because what had happened, you know, the road I was going was somewhat similar to my parents, you know. And I was modeling that type of parenting, which wasn't the most healthiest in the world, you know, health, healthiest for a kid. So I, I got some counseling. And then one day on Facebook, I saw an ad that said, five things to be the best father you can be. So I popped that up. Then the dad's edge, I saw um podcast came on. So I, I looked that up. I went in there. I was kind of looking through and I saw uh, a, uh, a a podcast with Todd Stottlemyer. And I love baseball. So I said, I'll give it a shot. I'll listen to it. So listen to it. I was man, his story was pretty strong, and I started uh, started uh, learning things. You know, learning how to be a better father. You know, be present, give him psychological safety. You know, all that, all the good stuff that uh, we learned in the Dad's Edge. You know, and then after a while, decided to take a patience course, and and then I got into the to the Alliance and. I've been um, enjoying every minute I've been there, just becoming the best father I can be and just picking up tools. And I, I call myself a Frankenstein father, you know, because I, I take different things from everybody. Everybody has different uh, um, different ways they, they go about parenting and, and I just use what works and use that doesn't. So that's kind of my journey yeah, through through becoming a better dad. And that's, that's kind of how I... I uh, I worked at it, you know, I finally got to see him and just connected with him right away and put all the tools I got to use into him, you know, and he's just thriving now. Our relationship is, I could never, I couldn't ask for a better relationship with, with uh, Brandon than, than I do have right now. It's amazing, you know, this is, I think my dad, my mom and dad would be very proud coming from, you know, where they came from. How old from. is Brandon? Uh, he's nine years old. Nine years old. Yeah. yeah. All right. We got a little eight-year-old over here as our oldest. So, but, you know, it sounds like a, a lot of uh, m men that I meet on this journey, myself included, you know, of uh, uh, making mistakes and uh, being able to connect to our parents. <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of have this journey of like, living my life in a way of like, I'll never be like that. Right. Like, you know, Oh, I can't believe my dad's like that. That's not me. You know, like I'm going to do everything to not be that. And then it's not until that you're like faced in these like situations where you like all of a sudden like react in this like subconscious programming because you're so overwhelmed with not knowing what to do or not having the tools or not knowing how to navigate a certain situation that you just default to this generational programming, this generational trauma. And then all of a sudden you realize like, wow, oh, that's, man, that's the same thing that my dad did. And that's the same thing that he said that his dad did, you know, where does that come from? You know, and it's not until we can look in the mirror in that way and be forced to look at ourselves in a mirror that way that we're able to maybe either crumble under it and want to change or need to change or 
be changed by it in a way that we just ignore it and we just fold to that pressure and become that generational trauma. So uh, kudos to you, man. You know, um, we've mentioned the dad edge uh, a few times on this show, you know, but uh, haven't gotten too deep into it and, you know, uh, really need to get Larry on here, you know, uh, who's the host of that podcast and and started the DEA, which is the Dad Edge Alliance. And and that's where all we we three gentlemen met and where some of these guests on this podcast come from, you know, um, uh, it's daily calls, you know, topic specific between finance and, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. So, and met a lot of good men in there and heard a lot of really great stories, um, and, uh, from all aspects of life. So, um, you know, it does wonders and that, that tribism and that community, uh, really can bring us together and, and connect us in, in ways that, um, I was really looking for when I when I joined to that community, you know, I, I looked around me and said, man, no one can answer any of these questions that I have about fatherhood. So I, you know, better call this guy. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Alex, can you tell can you tell us a little bit about, you know, you, you mentioned uh, kind of being the, you know, a, a little bit of a Frankenstein of, uh, you know, picking up things along the way and trying them. Do you have a story from, you know, that journey that stood out and really resonated with you and says, yeah, that, that, that's, that's hitting home for me. I need to put on that Jersey and, and, and step up to that plate. Oh, that's a good question. I think, uh, just learning about, uh, psychological safety, just being, just learning to listen, you know, listen to, uh, to Brandon speak without me trying to sway him in a different way. And, and, um, I, one time he had, uh, he had did something and, uh, I think he spilled a drink or something. And, and I guess I, I said, okay, son, you know, let's, let's just clean it up. No big deal, dude. Don't, don't worry about it. You know? And he looked at me and he's all, okay, dad. And I said, I said, let's get a towel let's, let's clean this up and he goes man dad when you did that you were you i knew you were just a changed man you're you're just i knew that all the work you have done and i knew that things were different with you and and that that you you really have become a different person that what had happened in the past and what had happened on our journey to where we're at really uh really uh paid off or really you know it it just you can tell he goes you can tell you you've changed and I'm 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 very lucky is what he would say and I say me too buddy you know you're worth it I'm worth it worth the the hard work that's beautiful man and um, I know you mentioned the dad edge and Colton talked about that uh, finding that community of like minded uh, individuals fathers of course. Um, so you talked about psychological safety. Is that something through the community that you uh, you started to uh, to really kind of grasp uh, the concept of, and uh, and that's kind of what helped you take it off, or or uh, where along that journey uh, did you find uh, this this process of psychological safety? I heard it on the podcast, and, and I read a few books about it, but I think what really hit home was that I didn't have that. You know, I didn't have that as a kid, as a child, you know, and. 
And I didn't know all these years that I was carrying it deep inside, you know, like we're talking about generational, I call it generational curse, you know, and I just thought, you know, I'm going to work very hard and, and, and to end this because it needs to stop, you know, you know, I know my dad did his very best and I love and respect him. I love my mom very much and I love and respect her, but you know, it was keep going from, from them to me and it was going from me to Brandon. And, and I thought, you know, if I can just, you know, let him be him and have an open space where he can, you know, dump his feelings, you know, and, and express them the way he wants to, you know, not the way dad wants to, or anybody wants to, you know, just be a kid and be himself. And that's how I felt that, that I broke in it for him because, uh, he feels like uh, he can do that and he wants to do that for his children. So the work that we do is, uh, it will last, you know, it's your legacy, you know, last for generations and generations, you know? So that's one of the things I'm very proud of and will continue to work out with him and myself. That's beautiful, brother. And I got to say that I really honor that in a couple directions, like you were saying, you know, you're, you're doing right by Brandon by practicing these, uh, these <clears throat> ways of psychological safety and, 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 uh, reflecting on the things that maybe your parents did that you would like to, you know, break the cycle from. And dare I suggest, um, that, uh, part of loving on your parents is identifying those areas where, you know, you've noticed, uh, an opportunity for growth in yourself to push past from that, uh, that generational, uh, cycle of, uh, trauma and, uh, I don't know. I th I would say that some of my core values and what I want to do and uh, how I want to show up for my kiddo are a result of things that I had hoped for when I was a child and didn't always receive. That's That's been an ongoing story of my own. And like I said just a moment ago, part of my opportunity there to love on my parents is to show them, hey, this is something I learned and I'm and I'm pushing past some of the things that I would like to, you know, do different um, toward my son as an opportunity to honor the legacy of my family, not necessarily suggest that I have parents that are just, you know, uh, failures at, uh, at, uh, you know, parenting. I mean, part of the journey, like Holton said earlier is failures are, you know, part of the process, part of the, you know, part of the journey to having that successful parenting relationship with your kiddo. So, um, do you, would you mind speaking a little bit more, to uh, perhaps the values that you bring to your, uh, you know, your relationship with your son and, and how that maybe has uh, kind of evolved um, from what you grew up in. Um, some of the values I have are like forgiveness, being present, um, adapting to situations, peace, joy, and love. You know, when we first started, we had, uh, well, it's fun, you know, we make core, core value statements. And then one day, me and him made one together. I think we need to make a new one here pretty soon. But I would like to share that with you guys. We both wrote it. We just went through the core values and just picked 15. And then we narrowed it down to 10. And then we narrowed it down. So I'd like to uh, share what, I, to this. what we wrote. You know, uh, we will always be present. We will always be present and trust each other. Our family will always love each other no matter what. We will always be honest and ask for forgiveness when needed. Our home would always be filled with calm, peace, and joy. So he had helped me write that. And 
and it, it, it's really beautiful because we we don't really think about it, but we do. We but we do uh, practice a lot of these uh, core values. Like we have a lot, we do a lot of forgiveness. Um, when one of us makes a mistake or we get upset, you know, we take a little time, we uh, reset, and we ask ask each other for forgiveness. We say, okay, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, will you forgive me for what I did you know, or what I said or, you know, anything? And we, he says, yes, I do. I do forgive you, Dad. And we have so much money in our love bank. We call it love bank. And we have so much love in our love bank that even if we have a slip up, you know, it never, it never diminishes our relationship, especially us asking for forgiveness. Because if we don't, it just builds up and becomes resent, resentful. and and I did a lot of that as a, as a child, you know, I, I resented people and I resented things they said, and I, I never truly forgave, um, or asked for forgiveness. So I recently, recently learned that to, to truly ask for that and, and, and to give it. So that, that's, that's the blessing and, and these core values. That's why they're so important. And I, I suggest everybody to take a little bit of time and do that with yourself and with your family. They are important, you know, so many of us go, go through thinking of our anti-core values, right? Like we just like go and we just project out there every day, like, well, I don't want to do this. I don't want to become this. I hope I don't fail in this way. I, I hope people don't view me in this way. And we just like create these realities for ourselves in trying to run from them. You know, and there's such a power in shifting the narrative. You know, we just did this episode about, you know, the stories we tell ourselves and how powerful they are, you know, and, and I know that from personal experience, you know, and forgiveness is, is one of my, my core values and our core values in our family. Um, you know, and we extend that to not only other people, but ourselves, you know, and, and, and developing that, I felt it was really important for me because I really had a hard time in forgiving the mistakes that I, I wanted, uh, you know, to run from or the regrets that I had in life or, you know, or, or the, these messes that I made because I, I, and I kept making them over and over and over again. And I didn't understand that it was because I didn't have you know, I wasn't turning the other way to see what was on the other, you know, uh, behind me. I was just looking here going, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be this thing and trying to run from this thing and in creating all this reality of, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, all my brain and body understand are, you know, okay, okay, okay. Create, 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 you know, you are, you are, you are, because those are the words and the verbiage that we're putting to it. You know, and it wasn't until I set, stopped for a second in that panic and asked myself, well, okay, well, let's stop asking what we don't want to be and let's start asking what we do want to be, you know, and that was really hard at first and felt unnatural, you know, and was like, oh, this is stupid and oh, it's uncomfortable and you know, I feel itchy or like I want to crawl out of my skin or I'm sweating for some okay. reason and I don't know why, you know, but in that you're able to all of a sudden calm down a little bit and say, oh, whoa, okay, there is a different way. And if I use these different words, man, that does feel calmer and lighter than this, these other words that I was using that drug me down so much. 
So, um, mm. you know, I think forgiveness is really important in, in our journeys um, and in that perspective piece of changing, changing the narrative a little bit. So mm. I'm, I'm curious to ask you guys, you know, uh, now that we're, we're talking about the generational curses here and stuff and, and, and bringing the parents into the picture, you know, how have you guys gone about reconciling some of the ways that, you know, your parenting now uh, that you maybe have felt absent in your own experience are those conversations, are you able to bridge those gaps now with that older generation, AKA your parents and, or are they still kind of in their ways and we just accept it and move on? I'm just kind of curious what, where you guys are at with it. Colton, I'll just tell you this little bit because <laughs> it's funny you worded it just that way. I have had conversations with siblings about our parents. And then the one statement that I've heard is, oh, that's just mom. <laughs> <laughs> so there's acceptance and denial in that statement, I think. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, is is this just who they are? Are well, we I... are we go are we going through this anguish, this 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 uh you know, this mud where we go in and getting ourselves really dirty so we can come out the other side and find a way to to uh you know a healthier, cleaner living? Is is this is this our torch to carry? Are we are we taking this on or do we need to now try and suggest to the older generation, I found a better path. That's one thing that I've actually been challenged with that I struggle mm. with because I have that, uh, that I have not had that conversation um, with the older generation um, like you who has had it <laughs> and, and seen some recent success with it. So I appreciate the question, but I will say that I have a pause to my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you know, I only speak because my my similar is very my story is very similar to yours, JJ. In that, you know, and I wouldn't even call mine necessarily successes. You know, um, I'm still trying to have those conversations and bridge that gap. But the way that you kind of posed it there was kind of interesting to me because uh, I'm pausing on what I'm saying because everybody froze on my screen, so I don't I, know. If I hear you. Up I yet. see you. Okay. You look it's, like a, a pixelated mess, but we, we see you. You're still beautiful. Okay. It, yeah. I'm having trouble over here with my internet today, it seems, and my air conditioning, which is why I'm sweating so much. Um, our walls have rotted from the water damage of Hurricane Hillary out here. So the asbestos guy came today and like did an analysis and it was not good. So we have like these like industrial size dehumidifier fans running in the house right now and the ac is turned off and it sounds like we're in like an okay go music video or a missy elliott music video or something where there's just fans everywhere and it, it's just it's hot brother i'm just hot i'm trying to get through this interview with this shoddy internet and no ac and you guys keep freezing on me so yeah well like you said stumble along the way to success buddy we are we're, we're right here with you but, but, back to know, that but yes, back to that question, you know, my, <laughs> my journey is just so similar to yours and I'm still trying to bridge that gap. And you, you said, you know, sometimes in those efforts that when we talk to our parents that it, maybe it does suggest that I've found a better way. 
And I don't know how the older generation of our parents will receive that message. You know, I don't know if they're necessarily open or would you be open to the idea of your kids coming and saying, hey, like you me up. And <laughs> I found a better way. Listen to everything that I've done better in my way of, of doing this, you know. So, well, you know, um, that's that's that's, that's a delicate the- conversation to navigate. Right. Without offending anybody. Correct. Yeah. And that's, that's the part of the conversation where we, where we continue to learn these skills to, uh, you know, to create even psychological safety for the other direction into, uh, you know, to our, our parents. What does that look like? You know, we can talk about the things that we think and the things that we feel and we can present it as such. And, you know, this is, this is our being, this is our experience in life. And, it will probably re- result in a difficult conversation that could be a little tense. And even even further, it's possible that you will be denied your right to have those thoughts because those thoughts don't align with somebody else's thoughts, aka your parents. Um, but as we know full well that uh, whatever whatever their perspective is, you know, I have my proof, you have your proof, okay. I have feelings and those feelings are real and they're legit. And this is why I want to present this information to you as my parent, because I care about you. I love you. And I understand that things are a little bit different between us. And there's been some trauma, some challenge, some hurt. And with that comes this conversation where we're at today. So yes, you can come to somebody who could say, dad, you really messed me up. I know a better path. My kids are never going to turn out like, like me or like you, because I found a better path. Or you could say, you know, dad, there are some things, or mom, there are some things that uh, I'd like to talk to you about if you're interested. Um, this is honestly my attempt to, uh, you know, kind of try and, you know, find a way to connect over things that are hard, because I know that they are unresolved. And I th- I have this thought in my head that if we do talk about them, we not we might not completely resolve it, but there's a chance that we can get to some further healing here. And I like the idea of that open conversation, that invitation to connect as opposed to, you know, an opportunity to throw something at them and hope that, you know, whatever damage you're creating is somehow bringing them to the light. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, is that thin line of, of talking to them about it and 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 um, expressing how you feel? Because the older generation, which work I'm kind of in, is we didn't have feelings or we didn't stop crying, go to your room or whatever, you know. But my parents both passed away, so I didn't get a chance to uh, to talk to them about it. But but I did. But I've been reading, you know, the Desmond Tutu's forgiveness book and. I've been working on forgiving them, even though they didn't know, you know, it was brought up to me, you know, um, did you bring it up with your mom, your mother? And I said, you know, I never did. I never got the chance. You know, she, she passed away before I started doing this work, you know, and, but I know that if she would see me now, she'd, she'd be really proud of, of how far I've come. And, and, and I wish we, we could have had a talk about it, but, you know, I guess it just wasn't in the cards, but I do talk to her through prayer and, and I, and I, and I do tell her that I, I love her and I, and I know she did her best and I, and I forgive her. So. 
And that forgiveness and demonstration of that love is actually being practiced still, even though, you know, she's passed away. I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, but the fact that you are showing this to Brandon on a daily basis with him is, is a, an example of how you are having that conversation with your parent um, through that forgiveness piece, through that uh, psychological safety showing up and uh, allowing for that forgiveness com- communication to be open and flowing freely. Cause man, one of those, one of those big ones, I'll tell you in that generational issue, a cycle that we want to, we want to break is the idea that the parent is always right. And the parent has the answers and the kid is supposed to just listen and obey. You know what? I think one of the most beautiful things that I've learned from you, Alex, is that your son can teach you so much more than you ever anticipated. That's what my son does regularly. And it's a beautiful gift. It sets, sets us up for those great uh, you know, conversations about forgiveness down the road and you know, in the present. Yeah, he, he teaches me a lot. He teaches me unconditional love. And, and I don't know if I truly got that, but he gives that to me and I, and I give that to him. And then it goes both ways and, it, and it's beautiful. I mean, I, I just hope everybody would at least feel that for a little bit. Because once you feel that unconditional love of a nine-year-old boy that's telling you, you know, I forgive you, Dad, and and I'm not mad at you, and and I I know who you truly are, and people will see who you truly, really are, Dad, like I do. Just give yourself some grace, he'll say, and I'm like, geez, dude, you're only nine years old, you know. (laughs) (laughs) He's an actor. It sounds like. It sounds like you uh, have a pretty transparent relationship with uh, your son too. And do you guys share the the obstacles and the hiccups and the rock bottoms and the tribulations along this process and what you learn from them? You know, and I ask that because I find that it's kind of like valuable in my my own parenting journey. It's something that I within reason, right? Like when the kids are of a right age, you know, I do look kind of look forward to having some, you know uh conversations maybe when they're going through some rock bottom moments of uh you know i've been there and oh you know here's my rock bottom and you know dad's not not so perfect you know and <laughs> here's what i learned about that you know i kind of look Hillary. forward to, i dang it you lost me again huh <laughs> but mm, for I, a second there yeah i i look forward to those opportunities and i think that um my my parents definitely kind of shied away from them uh, or maybe didn't know how to have those talks with me. So is that something that you, um, you know, are pretty intentional about, uh, um, or putting into your relationship with your son? Yeah, I'm really intentional on that. You know, I, I did tell him about the, the hard parts I went with, uh, you know, with, with not seeing him and, and missing him and, 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 you know, even to this time, there's times now that I really miss him. But, you know, I share how I feel with him and he shares how I feel with him. Honestly, even though even though it hurts, you know, sometimes he'll bring up things when I was I was in a I was a what was it? He said like he said a bad daddy or, you know, not the best daddy I was, you know, and I said, you know, what, I did say those things or I did those things. And those are things I'm not proud of, you know, and dad wasn't well and dad didn't know how to be a dad you know i i didn't know son and and you know i hope one day that you that you uh 
know that I, I really did my best, but now I really am doing my best and he can be open and, and hold me accountable for some of the stuff that I did. And, and I know it hurts and it, and it sucks to hear it because you want to hear all the good stuff, but there's, there's the other side too that you got to take too, you know, and I've learned to take it and learn to thank him for sharing how he feels. Cause that, that's how he feels. And that's from his perspective. And, and I learned not to, not to mess with that and, and to give him that because he is a person. He might be nine. Doesn't mean he doesn't have feelings or views on things. And he should be fairly freely to Sam. And, and, and that's how we, that's how I give him open, open uh, form for him. I can uh, respect that brother. I think that we really do have to take into account our kids' perspectives and experiences uh, as they have them growing up. Um, I'm thinking back to uh, 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 an experience that I had with my own dad recently, and I was talking about um, you know this memory that I had uh, of a situation that happened. Am I cutting out on you again? Oh, okay. You're here. I'm here, Yadia. Um, <clears throat> when I, I can remember this happening a few times, um, you were talking about the spilled milk situation kind of earlier, you know, or some some spilled food. And I remember a few fights going on between my, my parents as a kid where, you know, I could hear dishes breaking on the other side of the wall or, or, or a commotion going on. And, and I would come out and there would be, you know, the leftovers of dinner scattered on the wall or the floor or across the counters. And and my parents would be on opposite ends of the house, not talking to each other. And I would be the one that would be sent to clean that up, you know, the dirty dishes and the, the food everywhere. And it sounds like a minor trauma as far as like, you know, domestic abuse goes. But it, it happened multiple times. And I just remember being so pissed off as a kid of like, why do I have to clean this up? Why am I the one that's being put in this and having to like clean this up, you know, literally and metaphorically, you know, as the kid. And I, I just those situations really stuck out to me. And I carried a lot of resentment because of that. And that happened multiple times, you know. And uh, again, we were trying to bridge these gaps of these generational curses, right, with our parents. And I brought this scenario up to my parents. And I said, you guys remember that? And they, no, what? That never happened, you know. And they had no recollection of it. And it just kind of feeds itself to the idea of the way that this our older generation handles it which is sweep it under the rug don't talk about it go cry in the corner you know it happened don't bring it up move on you know and in that dynamic you know i experienced this trauma in the form of resentment and this generational curse that imprinted on me that I carried with, and it wasn't until maybe I was sitting in the relationship with an ex-wife, you know, in the relationship, and there was a bowl of, you know, food spilt on the counter myself after an argument, and I go, oh, uh, this is familiar. How did this happen? How did we end up here? You know, that you start asking these questions and seeing where this comes from and why you just 
did this in this moment of overwhelm, you know, like your parents did when they didn't have the tools and how do you, what questions do you ask from there? And, you know, it's a whole process. And, and I, that's why I really respect the story that we're talking about now of the accountability and the presence of it and taking ownership of it, because we have to listen to the stories and the experiences of our little ones as minor as we maybe think that they are could be something that is traumatic and imprints that generational curse upon them that they don't, won't know how to deal with later. So I think the more that we are able to talk about this and go, oh boy, yep, I messed up and I would sure like your forgiveness and what does that look like for you and what can I do? And this was my experience, not saying it's right, you know, but what can we do to compromise and, and build something together so that you don't go do this 20 years from now and not know why? Yeah, it's crazy how you slip in. You don't even realize it. And and then you're wondering why, what the heck, what the heck's wrong with me? Why can't I talk about things or why can I express to this person what, how I'm feeling? You know, and it, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. You know, even, you know, I don't want to be like my dad, you know, I want to be my, be like my dad, or I want to be like my mom, or, you know, I want to be a, a good person, but, you know, some of the stuff that we, we pick up on the way, it just comes back until you, until you tackle it, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, and, 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 you know, my son's gonna he's gonna learn you know learn that you know he's nine years old and he's learning things that i didn't even learn until i was like 45 you know it's crazy like i'm dude you're like so far ahead of the game on on emotions that's and the goal though right brother i is, mean really we want him to to be able to double down the next generation and then double down maybe triple down the next generation right i mean that's my goal as a father i don't want him to be as good as me i want him to be better than me i don't want him to know everything that i taught them i want them to know everything i've taught them and more and be able to come back and teach me stuff and you know and and we can build again that bridge to the next generation and then the balance is is we don't want to put that pressure on them to say yeah. you know i was i was I was, you know, I was trying to improve and I know that you're, you, you have the opportunity to be better than, than I was, you know, we still want to be that example. Yeah, you do. Well, but yeah, you know, and I, and I think that it's, like you say, it's, it's more of an example rather than uh, teaching, you know, and uh, I think a lot of, a lot of us miss the ball on that. You know, uh, we want, we want the kids to be better than, so we try to get, teach them, give them the words rather than living up to it. And, you know, they say the best examples are caught, not taught. And that is definitely true, you know, and, and the older that I get, the realize, the more that I realize that, that all of those uh, arguments that my dad and I had, I now agree with, you know, but uh, he was doing it at a volume of a voice and he was throwing the food around the kitchen you know, so I couldn't hear anything because all I was worrying about is, damn it, I'm going to have to clean this mess up later. 
you know? So I, I tune out, you know? So, but the older that I get, I like, all of a sudden I can tune in and, and the Charlie Brown voice of the wah, 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 all of a sudden <laughs> becomes clear in like my, when I turn every year older, like I get more and more of those conversations become clear and I go, wow, that was what dad was trying to say, mm -hmm. but we just couldn't connect in his generation and mine and we didn't have the language to, but now that I walk through this and stumble along the same mistakes, I'm realizing that he was trying to tell me something back then, you know, but I wish that he, he walked it a little bit better or with more dignity mm -hmm. or grace. And, you know, yeah. that's, I think the journey that we're all trying to do now in this generation and, and exemplify it rather than teach it, you know, and that's a lot harder said than done brothers, you know? Mm, yeah. You know, and I, I've lived out this, uh, this destructive, uh, you know, internal dialogue at times, you know, we talked about unconditional love tonight. And what does unconditional love look like when I am upset at my kid? And maybe I don't have a great reason to be upset. I'm just like, I'm irritated, I'm frustrated. And now my kids being told that I love them unconditionally, yet I'm upset about this, you know, that then, then the internal dialogue goes to, ah, you know, yeah, I'm not living up to my best self here and I'm showing this to my kiddo. So then we go back to that forgiveness piece for ourselves and for, you know, for, to display that to our kids. It's okay to feel that guilt. We don't want to impress upon them shame because of our own, <laughs> our own internal dialogue, trying to, uh, trying to talk ourselves up, you know, to a, to a, you know, a, a frenzied state. Um, that's the challenge that I think that a, a lot of us, you know, um, find ourselves in is that we, uh, we say one thing and then we, you know, sometimes act a different way and our kids are left wondering, well, what, which, which message is this? And what, what does this say about me? Um, and I think it's very important. This this big conversation that I'm seeing tonight is, you know, that uh, the stumbles along the way are a gift that we were given by our parents. And they're something that we actually give to our kids and to ourselves if we really can, you know, embrace ourselves for our imperfect ways. And that's what I tell them. I say, no matter what work I do, no matter what I've done, I make mistakes, buddy. I, always, I make mistakes and I own up to them and I learn from them. I mean, it's okay because... We're not perfect. Dad's not perfect, and I'll never claim to be perfect. But I'll tell you what, I'll do, I'll I'll do the very best I I can for you, and that's what I do every day. Yeah, hey, Alex, can I ask you a, a question? Oh, Colton, you have a question first. No, go ahead. Ask yours first. Uh, okay. Well, I might take it in a different direction, so bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, Alex. Um, as you mentioned, you had been, you had gotten separated and you had gone through, you know, um, you know, basically Brandon's gone through a, uh, kind of a, you know, a, a dismantling of family of sorts. Right. And, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for children in that process to kind of feel left behind and the emotional warfare taking place. If there is such, you know, warfare taking place, which oftentimes is, um, what do you credit? How do you credit your son for coming, I don't know, up into this level of maturity and being emotionally aware and present and expressing love and forgiveness when he knows that it's been a struggle and it didn't go the way he had ever chosen? Ooh, that's a big one. That's a good one, JJ. Um, 
he uh i give him credit because he feels safe with me i give him that safety and i earn his trust to where he can say what he needs to whether it's against you know what happened or how he feels about things or i'm not going to judge him i'm not going to tell him not to say that or he's wrong i just give him that you know, I let him be him and let him feel what he feels. And I think that that helps him a lot because he's not bearing a lot of stuff and he's not not carrying a lot of hate. Um, sometimes he, he it comes up, but he seems he seems that he knows that he can work through it. And he found that me give him that opportunity to work through it, I think, is what's making him grow emotionally. Because when I was, like I mm. said, when I was a kid, to not have that, there's no, hey, what do you think? Or why, what's bothering you, you know? It's, you know, do what you're told or or we, we don't talk about that. But I think that's why he's he's emotionally ahead, and which I'm very proud of because a lot of kids, you know, even from regular families, still don't have a voice and give him that autonomy and that and that uh that power to them because they it's their life you know they they uh they have that power it's their they're going to want to making the choices and i'm not always going to be there so i think that's why he's 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 he can do that hmm. yeah that's a wonderful thing that i think a lot of a lot of parents have this protective nature about themselves or oh, don't, don't go outside without a coat on or you know don't climb on that you know you could fall and they get themselves stuck in that trap of overprotection, and then our children as a result have to seek out somebody else to understand how to comfort which of course isn't directly asking themselves and when we allow for that um to to play itself out or to simply ask our kids you know what what do you need in this moment for them to be able to ask themselves that question and look inward as opposed to externally for that, uh, you know, for that guidance. I think that definitely brings them to that place. Alex, I agree. It does. And I have a good story for that. Um, we had did uh, Joseph, the musical Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And last night was yesterday was the, was the last show. And he was pretty bummed out because, you know, he didn't get to see his friends anymore. And somebody was moving, so on the on the drive home, you know, he wasn't saying very much. So I kind of uh, reassured him, you know, all of the lessons that he that that were out there to learn, you know. And then when we got out of the, got out of the car, he was really upset. So I just let him be. He walked in, came into the house, went straight to his room, and I was just like, I'm just gonna let him be, let him feel how he's feeling, you know. I'm not gonna tell him that he shouldn't be sad or anything. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, play some baseball on the PlayStation. So I turn it on and he goes, dad, come into my room. I said, all right. I come in there. He goes, dad, you want to play some basketball or something with me? And I said, sure, sure, son. He goes, get on your knees and try to shoot over me. And and he would block my shot and we were laughing. And then we just started connecting. And all of a sudden, you know, about 15 minutes later, he goes, dad, I'm, I'll still be sad tomorrow, but I feel pretty good right now. And so I'm glad, son. You know, you worked your way out of it. That's a great lesson, dude. 
you know, sometimes you just let you feel it, you know, don't drown in it, but feel it and then let it go. So, you know, he's amazing. <laughs> my dad, my dad's and uh, my spot was always uh, the hot tub. Uh, we would go out there and and look at stars in the backyard and sit in the hot tub. And I don't know what if it was the heat, the chlorine, the mixture of the two, you know, but it would always bring out these intimate conversations where where we could connect about some of that stuff and, and open up about some stuff that we just couldn't at the dinner table or, or in the car or or stuff like that. So, you know, uh, the, those moments are there and uh, I, I really am grateful for them. Um, as we wrap up here, I wanted to pose you guys a question. Uh, you kind of asked it earlier, JJ, and Alex kind of answered it, but I want to, I, I don't think I've ever asked you this question and I would love to hear your answer. And I don't think I've ever answered it on this podcast. So I kind of been thinking about what my answer would be as my ADHD brain won't allow me to fully be present in this conversation. I also have to be having my own thoughts about what I want to say and do next. So <laughs> I've been thinking how I would answer this question. And the question was, what is it that your kid has taught you? Uh, throughout this process so far. And Alex kind of said like some stuff about unconditional love and, and forgiveness. Um, but I, I want to pose that question to you guys if, if you have a different answer, Alex, and, and to you, JJ, you know, what is it that that your thing, what is it that thing that your kid has taught you that, you know, um, maybe you didn't know before you were a parent that, that you, you, you have during this experience or through that relationship with your kiddo? Well, then I've got everything figured out. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, well, first he off, just I, told I, you I the other day, right, that you know more than mom, <laughs> so you know everything because you know what kind of cereals you have, and you didn't have to look. Oh so. man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, guys, that was that was so funny. Uh, you know, he he told me he says I know everything, and I was like, oh well, what makes you think that, buddy? Earlier in the day, he asked me, you know, what cereals we had on hand, and I told him while not looking in the pantry what cereals we have. So that's what the, later what he used as his answer for why I know everything. And <laughs> so I just, I just love that telling that story. I think that's hilarious. And, you know, if I know all the cereals we have on hand and that makes me a you know, genius, well, I'm, I'm going to take it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, God, I mean, you want me to narrow this down in, in how many, how many seconds do I have? Cause that's not realistic, but I'll, I'll share with you, uh, one thing that I think is, is incredibly important. Um, as it relates to multi-generational trauma too, is that I suffered uh, from invalidation growing up. I didn't really receive a lot of validation from, from my parents. And there was a lot of teaching opportunities that they brought forward. If I, if I said I was struggling, there was a lot of, a lot of the times the question would be, you know, posed in many ways, but you know, what did you do to cause that? Um, or, you know, maybe you're just not seeing it right. It was so hard to, you know, have those feelings of mine validated. And there are times where Cohen is in his feels and it seems to me to be somewhat of an irrational thing. And I have a hard time sometimes because of what I learned, just letting go of that crap that I'm trying to talk about myself and rationalize the situation because I am in a different space and a different place uh, in terms of my emotions than my kiddo is. So I might be feeling agitation. He might be feeling scared or sad. 
And there are opportunities there that sometimes I've failed to recognize and other times he's succeeded in reaching me with. So he's, he'll tell me like, we're very literal people sometimes. So literal means, you know, I, I want a straightforward, straight line answer. You know, it shouldn't be any more words than it has to be. Sometimes that's how I operate. And, um, he'll sometimes give it to me straight and it'll be to the point. And uh, I know this is very generic in what I'm saying, but he'll essentially just smack me across the face with this is what's going on. And I'll say to myself, absolutely. Think for a second. Don't try to put yourself in his story, in his head and be his protagonist, but let him be his protagonist because his perspective is completely rational to him right now, even though his emotions are where they are. Because when I give my kids some space and we allow that breathing time, which man, I could, I, I could promote breathing, giving pause so much on this is that when I give him that space, allow for that space for myself in, in, in those, you know, escalated moments, that's when huge things happen. That's when I realize, oh man, my irrational brain took over, even though I was suggesting to myself that I was being the logical one here. So that's happened many times, which, you know, dare I, dare I just call myself out as a failure in so many moments with my kiddo, but they've happened, you know, as a regular thing. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, our kids have voices and they're actually very powerful and clever and brilliant, and they need to have the opportunity to speak. So shut myself up, breathe, give 10 seconds, because this kid's going to give you gold every time. Alex, has your uh, answer changed at all or, or uh, from that question earlier? Um, and JJ, also, I appreciate what you said, brother. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. <laughs> Validation <laughs> is important. <laughs> Very important. But what I've learned as a, I guess what he's taught me is that somebody's always watching. And it's usually your, your son, your kids, or your, or your wife girlfriend, whatever, they're watching what you do, you know. Um, he sees me um, be very nice to his mom, and and he respects that. And he, he says, Dad, I love when you, I love that you call mom, mom, and not, not her name, you know. That really makes me feel good. And I don't do it on purpose, you know. I just, I'm just uh, doing the right thing. And he's watching, you know, and he's taking notes in his head because, because we're we're their role models, you know, you know, whether we ask you or not, you know, he might like Michael Jordan, or he might like Joseph the the singer, but his his biggest role models is dad, and if he's watching and learning, um, you know, it's 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 it makes me uh, makes me be careful what I say or what what I do because he carries it on and. and our legacy is going to go forever if we keep this, you know, keep it rolling, you know, keep the good things that we're doing. And he's going to pass it on to his kids and his kids are going to pass it on to their kids and, and all the clouds and everything will be lifted, you know, and I had never thought of that as being a father. I would have never thought that you can change your, your projection on, on having the worst day of your life and making a pivot and, and going to the right direction and he saw that and when he has his own own things that he's going through he's going to do the same thing he's going to pivot and and 
come out on top. You know, we all read the book. He comes out on top. So that's that's what I learned from him, you know? That's awesome. I I love hearing you guys speak about this and, and not just because it's right in line with what I'm about to mirror. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that it's just really... I think too, because there's two points that I resonate, resonate with you guys saying this. And one is, see how I have to say resonate twice, JJ, my wife is behind me on the other side of this curtain. So you know, that now she's, now I know started. she's listening. I know it's, it's she, she says I did great. So, <laughs> But this, this resonates with me in two ways. Uh, one, one, because like, I feel like my answer is also the thing that I felt was my weakness and that I can never, that was unattainable to me um, before I was a dad. And once I became a dad, now I feel it's my biggest strength. And uh, it was the thing that I feel maybe I did, I lacked in my, in my childhood, like JJ saying that I now I'm trying to maybe fix in my experience, like, like Alex is saying as well. And my answer I think would be patience. You know, um, I was, uh, just my brain with the ADHD, you know, was just go, 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 go. Next thing, next thing, next thing. Fast, fast, fast. Life is too short. Get it done. You know, and, and my best friends that, you know, I've known for, you know, 15 years has always said, Colton, you gotta slow down. And I was, I don't know how to, I don't know how to. Life is too short. We got to keep moving. You know, next thing, next thing, go, go, go. You know, <laughs> and uh, I never thought that that was going to be obtainable for me. You know, I just thought, I just can't. My brain doesn't work that way. I can't slow down. And it wasn't until I had kids and I saw the impact of that. Basically what you guys are saying in this, you know, my story that I told myself was a lot was I was misunderstood. I wasn't given the space to express myself and my thoughts in a way that felt safe. I was always told, no, you know, what did you do to deserve this or put yourself in here. No, you're wrong for telling yourself that you are this instead and you just need to shut up about it, you know? And the patience aspect with a neurodivergent kid in the household here and with two other kids that need just as much attention in different ways, emotionally and physically and for safety aspects, you know? Um, we, everybody needs something and that mindset of go, 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 life is too short. I don't have time to hear all the information. Just ain't going to play out now with three kids, a wife and a dog that all want love and attention and all have very real validated reasons for needing it, you know? And the patience aspect is now is I have really learned that there are five people in this family, you know, and we all deserve the space and that, I don't have all the answers and by giving everybody that space and that psychological safety to be able to give their opinions into the hat, we can maybe like piece together a puzzle of like how to solve these obstacles that come at us from left fields because, you know, there's been a lot of really great moments that, you know, our nine-year-old has taught me, you know, with, with art, with working in Photoshop, with technology 
and the and even life lessons with you know what the cool kids are doing and saying and how they're operating and socially and how it works in the lunchroom now and things that I you know I'm out of touch with and she can offer these really like valuable insights into her life and in those brief moments that I experienced that with my own parents or saw that it gave me a lot of confidence and validation and wow, I could teach them something. I have something to offer in this relationship other than them telling me I'm wrong or bad or, you know, what did I do to deserve this kind of, you know? And uh, I wanna create those confidence building moments for our kids too, you know, and remembering how good that felt. And the way that I can do that is not by, you know, telling me or, you know, breaking food containers, like my dad was trying to do it in his way. I'm trying to do it in a way that shows them, not tells them. And that requires patience and listening and all these skills that we talk about. So what I never thought was obtainable and what I thought was my biggest weakness, I really do feel like I'm, and I'm not perfect at it. You know, it's still, it's, it's still, I think my biggest weakness, but I also think that it's one of my strongest aspects aspects and tools, you know, and then it can be both for me. And, you know, again, I, though I stumble with it, I think that patience is something that I probably think about more on a day, daily basis and a moment to moment basis and thinking about that instead of running from it, like we're, we've talked about has really created an environment for my family. where we're like, it is at the forefront and it is a superpower and we can create something where everyone does feel heard and psychologically safe. So I really appreciate your answers. And you know, that is my long winded ADHD way of explaining mine. So uh, thanks gentlemen for this wonderful conversation. Thank you, Alex, for, for joining us tonight and taking time out of uh, being an awesome kick-ass dad. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's been a, it's awesome. I I would never would have thought I'd be talking about parenting three years ago. And then here I am. (laughs) So thank you for the opportunity. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, brother. And um, I hope our listeners got something valuable because I know I sure as uh, heck did. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, tune in next week. Um, we're, we've got some great guests lined up for you and uh, hope to just keep this train rolling, man. I don't have any plans of stopping and uh, I know JJ doesn't either. So, uh, you know, we'll get the air conditioning back on and next time you won't have to s- to see the reflection of my webcam off the sweat glistening from my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, until next time, guys, I'm your host, CJ. And I'm JJ. And thank you, Alex Lee. And this has been the ADH Dads.